listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, Business Coach at Relauncher. Hello, thank you so much for joining us here today. So this episode is where it's going to be me talking you through my business journey. So five episodes back, I spoke about my first three years in business, my learnings, uh, and basically what I went through during that time and the discoveries. And today's episode is going to be focusing on that three to five year window because that is just such a, you know, it's it's a milestone you know, journey that most business owners go through. And you will have heard me say before that when you hit five years, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to arrive at that point. So, you know, generally speaking, we go through the first three years, uh, things happen. We, you know, basically spend that time getting the business on the train tracks. And then between three and five years is where we start making decisions on scaling and potentially adding in new streams of revenue and also building on that momentum. And then when you get to that five years, it's like, yay, (laughs) hallelujah. So today I'm just going to focus on three to five years. I'm going to talk about my personal experience. So as you know, I run service-based businesses. Um, So there'll be things in here where you might listen to and you go, oh, that didn't happen to me. That's that's completely irrelevant. Uh, But I think it's also good to know. You know, it's good to hear what other people went through, whether they're in a product or a service-based business. So at three years... First of all, I've got to say, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, it's definitely worth listening to. It's five episodes back and it's just titled Alison's First Three Years in Business. So it's on the relaunch website, but you'll also be able to find it in Spotify and um, iTunes and all all those podcasting platforms. So at three years in business, so where I was at then is I was happy. (laughs) Things were moving in the right direction. What I did notice though is when I would go on holidays, I would notice at that point that the business, it wouldn't come to a standstill, but I would notice um, that I would have less inquiries because I wasn't actively marketing. You know, I was still on social media, but when I would go on holidays, I would stop blogging. um, I would stop being on social media so much and I would kind of stop doing my just my online networking and you know speaking to people like I normally do so just natural and also just kind of like going to events and things like that so so what I would notice is when I go on holidays it feels like um the best way to describe it would be that the foot is being taken off the pedal of the car. And then when I'd get back to work, it'd be like, oh, it feels a little bit like I'm really having to crank the engine again. So it was kind of like there was a noticeable time that I would go off on holiday. So back then I still had um, a VA. So with inquiries coming through, you know, and she'd, she'd filter emails and all those kind of things. So it was great. But just because I've always been quite big on content marketing, because I'd be on holidays and I wouldn't be content marketing to the to the level that I would normally be, I would notice a difference, okay? But where, whereas now that the business is established, whether I'm away or not, <laughs> there's a lot going on. So it, it just it's just kind of like that's what you go through through that stage. 
as always, it depends on what your business is and what your business structure is. But that, as a business coach, that's what I found. So one of the decisions that I, you know, really faced during this chapter was how do I scale this business? Because what I was finding is I was getting more and more and more business coaching clients and I'm swapping time for money and I was having less and less and less time. And it was just frantic. And also you kind of get to a point where you go, there's only so many consultations I can have in a day and a week because I think with any form of consulting, it's it's quite um, there's a lot of brain power involved. You know, it's it's very focused, and so you need to have space to allow just your mind to decompress. Um, so you kind of get to that ceiling cap where you go, there's only so many um, clients that I can take on. So when it comes to scaling, you know, the most obvious choices out there uh, for service-based businesses is to start online programs or group coaching of some sort or eBooks, you know, like e-products, those kind of things. And I was like, right. And I really, really tried to talk myself into doing group programs because I'm like, you know what, I've got, I've got the customer base. I would be able to convert and I'm fine at presenting in groups because, you know, rewind back to that last podcast I did. I spoke about how I really started creating these networking events and event streams around Australia. So I was constantly public speaking. So as a skill, I, you know, just naturally I built up that skill of speaking in groups and teaching in groups in that environment. So for me to roll out an online program was not going to be that hard. But there was just something in my gut. I'm like, I just... I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. it. And I think one of the hurdles for my mind that I'm like, I just don't think I can do it effectively is because I'm so used to coaching such a wide range of businesses, whether they're service or um, product or online or, you know, studio or retail based, you know, like just such a big range. And I'm thinking if I pull all those people into the group and then run an online program, I don't think that I can solve their problems effectively in a group scenario because, in all honesty, the solution for every every t- different type of business is different. And also I'm very, very focused on creating solutions that are tailored to the individual business owner and their location. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I do a group program for me, I'm going to feel like I'm just doing it for the money. So it just never, ever, ever sat well for me. So if anyone's listening and you're doing one and you're in business coaching, I'm, I'm not saying that that's not the right thing to do. I'm just saying for me, it just wasn't going to work. Like I just felt like I, I wouldn't be able to feel good um, because I thought, yeah, for me to try to resolve everyone's um, problems and try to put them in, point them in the right direction through a group scenario is not going to be effective. So then I'm like, right, well, then what, what am I going to do? So then I released some ebooks, which was actually quite popular back then. This is a while ago. Released some ebooks. Um, they sold really, really well. And what I found is that to begin with, I had to market them quite strongly. Um, and But then they just started selling themselves because I've, I've spent so many years doing my own SEO and content marketing that I, I rank really well on Google for lots of different search terms. So they were selling, but at the same time, they weren't, they weren't selling at volumes where you go, oh my gosh, there's another huge stream of income. 
So it was just like ticking away. Um, but what I also found is that those eBooks then would lead to more business coaching inquiries. So it was it wasn't solving the problem of like at some point I, I can't take on any more clients for that month kind of thing. So then I created Relaunch On Demand, which I, I really um, enjoyed creating that. And interestingly, I just didn't have time to create it. So it was always a bit of a struggle to, um, you know, like block off time and make it happen. But once I committed to it, I actually rolled it out quite quickly. And what it is, it's actually still on my website. <clears throat> it's a bit like an evergreen course. So you purchase it which gives you access to the back end of the website. And in there, there's four modules and it is a range of videos and audios and some activity sheets. So that was really good. And you know what? I keep on thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love to go back and do a series of relaunch in demand. Um, but time, <laughs> time. But anyway, so that, that still sits on my website. I've got one of them and I would like to go back and do some more of those and I really enjoyed it. So that was like my step into um, courses and I always knew like that pretty much would be it for me. You know, I wouldn't be setting up funnels and trialing, trying to scale that. Now, in, in the meantime, what was happening with my business coaching clients is, you know, I kept on getting asked for um, websites and branding elements. And it just got to the point where I ended up um, bringing a girl on to work for Relauncher and she worked side by side with me and she would do everyone's, um, you know, like do the branding and the websites. And there was, it was just one of her. Um, and gosh, we actually, now I look back, I'm like, gosh, that work was so good. Um, you know, like it was quite ahead of its time back then. Um, but back then we were building on WordPress mainly. And then we moved to Squarespace. Like we're talking like a long time ago. So most websites were on um, WordPress back then. So we just started doing that small scale. And then I was like, you know what? I'm actually really enjoying this. I'm really, really, really enjoying working like this. So... Then what happened is we started just getting like more requests for that. So this was all under the relaunch brand. And so then I brought another girl on and everything was going really, really well. And I went on a mastermind and basically at this mastermind, really rather than a mastermind, I actually had organized it and there were eight or nine of us. And I really enjoyed it because I wasn't business coaching and I literally just sat back and listened. I just sat and listened to everyone talk. And it was so nice because I, I'm used to like talking a lot, um, you know, and giving recommendations and, you know, steering directions of businesses. And for this, I, I, I just sat. Um, I mean, I did talk. Gosh, it's not like I didn't talk. But it was really nice just to sit and absorb. But interestingly, like I came away from that from that, I think it was three days, uh, three nights and four days, came away and literally like within 24 hours of, of coming away, I was like, I just had this light bulb moment. I'm like, why don't I pull out that branding side of the business that's currently operating under relaunch? Because I'd only, I, we were not marketing that and I was only allowing that to current clients. Then I thought, why don't why don't I pull that out and put it under a sister brand? I'm like, yeah, because then then I can market it and people will take us more seriously. Because like 
otherwise, like, why would you go to a business coach for branding and websites? Like, I, I don't think I would. So I was like, right, I'm going to pull it out and create its own branding studio. So And so basically then I was like, right, and I literally, I think, like, within a week – I had registered the business, we'd done the logo, um, you know, done everything that you need to do, social media and all that kind of stuff, and then created the website and put it up. And basically, um, the bis- we, there was a business from day one because we'd already been doing it just under a different brand. So we just kind of like it pulled it out and put it under a sister brand. And the rest is history, the rest is history really. <laughs> So it was really like, so that ended up being obviously, you know, how I scaled the business without moving into a group coaching program. And so really what it came back to is that my customers and clients were the ones who led the direction of the business. And most people will tell you that most businesses, like if you listen to a handful, you know, any handful of these podcasts from Mindful Beers um, through a step from established businesses and you just say, you know, like how did your business evolve and how did, um, you know, you grow that most, most, most people will just say, Oh, my customers or my clients, they basically told me what they wanted and I did it. Um, so, and uh, just a, a business that springs to mind instantly that says that quite often is one, two, three, nourish me, like their product range, um, has really grown as a result of their customers telling them what they want and feedback. So that that was the journey, like in terms of like me working out that that kind of like how how am I going to grow this? Um, and the great thing is is that I'm so passionate about you know branding and you know that instant. Um, look and feel that you get when you look at a brand and also like when I if you look back at my corporate um experience that's what I was doing I but I was on the client side dealing with agencies so just all it was just like everything all my experience and my knowledge just came together under these two umbrellas and I'm like wow I'm so glad that I had did all that work experience not work experience but I worked in corporate for all those different facets and industries um, for all those years before embarking on my own business because I've really drawn on the processes and systems and um, insights just into industry knowledge and things like that to help craft what it's become. So that was really, 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 you know, that was that was a huge turning point in those in that three to five years. So that was great. So other learnings that I've had along the way in that moment is that you become much more savvy on areas to invest in your business as well. So what I found for me in the first few years of business, I, I wasted, I didn't waste money. That's wrong. I, I spent money that didn't um, help with the business, but it did give me knowledge. So, so what I found by the time I got to that three years, because I had tested different things, whether that was like social media, um, 
advertising, whether it was PR, you know, like all these different things, whether it was SEO, I'd learned things along the way that just helped me work out how to spend money better in the future. And even photography, God, there were some bad photo shoots in there. So by the time I hit three years, I'm like, right, you know, it, I really got to the point where I'm like, right, you know, when I now spend money, it's about investing in the business. So I would start spending more money than what I had in the past, but knowing that that money I was spending was going to help the business grow. And then I kind of got into a pattern where I'm like, right, every 12 or so months, I need to do another branding photo shoot because that helps elevate the brand and the business. Um, so damn COVID because I'm really due for, (laughs) for another photo shoot at the moment, but until I get this hair done and we're out of lockdown, that's not happening. But generally speaking, yes, that's something that I will. And I find that I spend more and more and more on that photo shoot every time because I'm always elevating. Like I've got a really clear vision of what do I want my brand to look like for the next 12 months. Um, and for me, like with photo shoots, so much of it is about location. So I'll spend a bit of money on getting, you know, hiring at that location, getting the right photographer. Another thing that actually, this is actually really interesting because this is something I forget about all the time is that you get to a point in business where it's really clear that your partner, um, you don't want to be running everything behind your partner all the time, like at all, like Richard and I like just basically never talk about work, never talk about relaunch or sticky studio, which I love because I think if I was talking about work all the time, it would just be so intense for me. So I never go to to him to solve a problem or um, bounce any ideas. Um, But I remember like in those very first years, like those, those first two years, I literally would run so much past him because I'd be unsure on decisions to make or directions to turn but I think it's it's quite important that you know that there comes a time if you do do that that there comes a time that that your husband or your partner or your wife whoever doesn't want to be a co-worker and doesn't really want to be troubleshooting and in all honesty they wouldn't even know enough about your business to be able to really give you a proper insight quite often not all the case but quite often um so I think that that's quite important is that you're not always talking about work and and trying to have someone there to solve your problems um that's what a business coach is for (laughs) or a mentor um the other thing is is like yeah re reinvesting in your business like you need to get really you become very savvy at that and you start to really um realize yes if i put money if i spend money in the right places of in the business like i'm not going to do it cheap i'm investing and i'm and i'm going to um you know the aim is to elevate and grow the business so you you're spending money with the right people in the right places now it can get to a point where some people start to feel really lonely in the business. I'm fortunate that I've never felt that way. Um, and I th- I would say that's because I've built a community. So, you know, it goes back to running all those events. I felt like, I, well, I was surrounded by people all the time. And even though I work from home behind a computer, I never feel like I've had a lonely day. And I, I think that, you know, part of that is because obviously I'm speaking to people all day 
and you know on zoom i'm not on zoom all day but i'm i'm speaking to people all day so for me it's not it's not lonely but if you ever feel like that i think it's really important you have to build a community and you have to do it so you need to build your own community and you need to be a part of other people's communities so that is so important like you can't just wait um for things to come to you you need to you know instigate these things so if you do do feel lonely running a business know that you're not the only one but also know you need to do something about it so have a think what can i do to be more connected to other people um you know that are in a similar scenario as me um the other thing you realize, this is so interesting. When you hit year three, year three to five, and you know what? I think in today's scenario, you really realize this way earlier than year three these days, is there is so much opportunity around. Like running your own business, you can duck, you can dive, you can you can think of an idea in the morning and execute it in the afternoon if you know that it's a good idea. There is so much opportunity and so much of it comes back to having connections and also realizing, um, you know, understanding your customers and their mindset and how they, how they act and what they're thinking, because then you can help them. So, you know, you know, I personally never think about selling ever. It's always about like just helping people. And with that comes opportunity because, you know, depending on what you do, um, it's just working about what's what opportunities opportunities are out there for you. Like so often, this is really common. If you've got a product, let's say you've got a protein powder or a you know a um, muesli bar or something like that, or even beauty anything. Quite often, once once you hit that, you know you've gotten you've gotten past those early stages. You'll find that newbies will come to you wanting um, to be mentored in some shape or form. So a lot of people do that or they do contract manufacturing. There's just, there is so much, there's so many opportunities out there. And so much of that then goes back down to also partnerships and collaborations every single time. Um, year three to five. Okay. I, I mentioned holidays just before about how, like when you go on holidays, the business slows down slightly. You still have to take holidays. So this is why, um, I, I've always broken my business up into terms to match the school holidays and always taken off at least a week and a half for each term holidays. And then at Christmas, I take off a couple of weeks. I mean, I'm in a real pattern of doing this until COVID hit and then I can't go away, which means I'm close to my desk. So it's much, much harder to switch off. Mind you, I have these holidays. But this is where you, this is where it goes back to. You have to be really strong with setting your boundaries, and then and then making sure that you follow through, and making sure that you definitely take time for holidays. Because if you don't, that's when you can start to get burnout, and then you're not as good as what you are. So, just you know, again, it's up to you and how that's going to work for you. Using it out of office is really really good as well because it just lets people know when you're going to be back online and when you'll be in contact. So I think it's really important to not be accessible all the time. And as I said, by the time you hit that three to five year um, milestone Eric chapter, you more than deserve your break and some time off, 
you certainly deserve it beforehand as well, but it's just really important that you don't end up in that spiral of being too busy and chasing your tail. Three to five years also, this is what you, this is becomes really clear. You have done strategies, you know, you've got some mileage under your belt and you know, you know, the strategies and the things that you've done that have worked. And you also know the things that have you've done that haven't worked. And that there are some questions that I actually ask in my onboarding business coaching paperwork. I ask people, you know, what have you done that's worked? What have what hasn't worked? Um, or what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Because that helps me work out what's the track record and how to veer the business. So that is just so good because you can work out, right, I tried this and it didn't work doesn't mean that it's not going to work again. Sometimes it could just be a tweak that needs to happen. But it, you've got a track record that you can look back on and work out what do I do next rather than just stabbing in the dark the whole time. So I just think that that just really, really helps you grow and adjust the business. And the other thing is you can start looking at year on year. So what you might find is that let's just say April, you've noticed like the past year or maybe even two years, that April's been a quiet month for your business because there's been Anzac Day, um, there's been school holidays, and there's been Easter, right? So the first time that happened, you might have gone, oh my God, is my business dying? This is terrible. Why is it so quiet? The second year, you might be like, oh, that's a little bit interesting. That's It's quiet again. By the time you hit the third year, you, you're just like, oh, you know what? Typically speaking, April's quiet for these reasons, but I know that it picks up again in May. So you become much more confident and savvy and just understanding the, the, um, the ebbs and the flows of business, which makes you more relaxed and confident. So, you know, that's what it is. It's like you're constantly building experience, knowledge, and confidence. So by the time you hit that three to five years, you've already done it three, four times. And so you're just building, you're building and you're building and you're, you're becoming more and more confident. So that's really, really, really good. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking what else there is. That pretty much is it. I'm just thinking, I think that, you know, what can happen also when you hit that five year mark, it can be like, oh my gosh, this is really great. I'm so busy. And you can get to the point where you stop doing things in your business that actually helped you grow your business. And I think it's, this is a really, really important um, thing to be mindful of. So you might find that one of the key elements that helped you grow your business was that you were really, really good at networking and making contacts. And then you get to year five in the business and you are so busy that now you don't have time to be doing that anymore. And then there's people that you haven't spoken to in ages. You've been stuck doing your day-to-day tasks and you just can't get away. Um, It's really important to stop and recognize what the things that helped me and that were good for me. Because obviously, you know, speaking and meeting people is good for your mental health as well. What were those things? And I how, like, maybe I can't have as much time doing that anymore, but how do I integrate this? Because otherwise, I'm not joking, a year can go by in, in like a click because it's heads down the whole time. So it's really, again, all of this is up to you. Everything is up to you as a business owner, but how do you continue to integrate things that helped you grow your business? 
um, when you are, are established and, and you're super busy. And then and then you get to the point where you're like, right, now I'm so busy, I need to start bringing on stuff. And that's a whole different conversation. But one thing I will say is when, when you are bringing on people, it's really important that you start planning for it before you need it. Because I've had... I've seen it so many times where people are so busy, they just start hiring people. And sometimes it's friends. Sometimes they, you know, hire people. And when they hire these people, they're not clear on the job title. They're not clear on the role. They've just got someone in because they're so desperate that they need to help. And it's it's been really good for that person that's come on board. But then it can get to a point where it's like, well, hang on, actually, I really needed someone that could have these skills. And they realise that person doesn't have the skills. They've got different skills. Or they'll realise the person they've hired have got these specific skills. But, you know, how can you give them work to match those skills? And so it kind of becomes a mismatch. So something that is so important is plan you know see see that your business is growing and see that you need you need people you need staff in certain facets of your business start hire, start the hiring process before you actually really are desperate to need them so that you've got time to get them make sure they have a clear job title and role make sure there's processes and systems in place and then you're setting yourself up for success and then you have the ability to have long start standing staff which is just so important because it's all about culture it's you know like having great internal culture means so much for everyone and so having all that in place and look there's going to be fumbling fumbling blocks and you know learning and all those kind of things along the way but as i think just planning in advance and having structure and processes in place before you actually need it will make a huge huge difference huge difference to your business so that's it for today. I really thank you for tuning in. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got the other, the first three years of business, which is five episodes back, and I will be coming on and recording the third podcast in this series, which will be talking about five to 10 years in business. Um, Yes, that will be a good one. That will be a good one. So I hope this one has really helped you. As always, you can find me at relauncher.com.au forward slash podcasts in there and you can find everyone, everyone that I've had on the show. Um, There is a huge range of startups right through to, you know, well-established businesses and global businesses. So there you go. Anyhow, have a fabulous afternoon, evening, morning, whatever time of the day it is for you. And I look forward to seeing and speaking to you soon. Bye.